Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Morning, SCNZ, Louis Herman Watt and Mitch McLennigan, SCNZ Breakfast through till 9am this morning on the 26th of January. Where did that go? One of 12, we're ambling towards the first month of the year being done and into my favourite month of the year, February. I love February, I love everything about February, I love that it can be shorter, I love that the weather's good. I love that people have kind of broken the back of going back to work and you get that first public holiday, uh, Waitangi Day for the country, and I just feel like the energy is good in February, so we're not far away from there. Baz and Izzy are back next week. Until then, it is Mitch and myself here holding down the fort. Kempi's back tomorrow for one last whirl, and he's fired up for that, I can tell you, and we're fired up for today's show. Good to have your company again every morning, as it always is. We've got it all today. A bit of cricket with Peter Fulton, because the Super Smash finals are here tomorrow. Down at University Oval in Otago, Canterbury take on Wellington to fight for the right to play the Brave. Yep, Northern Brave already through to the final. Brooke Howard-Smith, well, he's an interesting character, Brooke Howard-Smith. He does it all. What doesn't he do? He's a wheeler, a dealer, a punter, a, a X Games bronze medalist. We'll talk to him about it all at about 7.40 this morning in particular. NFTs in sport. And if you don't know what that is, Metaverse Mitch will explain it to you before Brooke Howard-Smith joins us. Nick Webb, he's the former strength and conditioning coach for Central Districts. And then... A small little cricketing nation called India. We'll catch up with him and we'll talk about a heavyweight boxing before the end of the show as well. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Those are the numbers you need to remember. The Kennard's High Phone Line. I'd love to hear from you throughout the morning. Otherwise it'll be just Mitch and myself and mate, we need all the help we can get. I'd love some calls today, mate. Love some calls. Um talking about Waitangi Day, mate. Um Best thing I ever did was get married on Waitangi Day because <laughs> everyone always reminds you, just like yourself, you just reminded me of my wedding anniversary. So thanks, Lou. No, that's all right, mate. Waitangi Day, that's a, that is a smart day to get married. Weather would have been perfect. Cracking, mate. Whereabouts did you get married? Oh, jeez. How bad am I? Um, Tahihi Estate, is it? Tahihi? I don't know. Whereabouts in the country is, is it? it? Uh, so just out um, past Puk- Pukekohe, Drury, out that way. Yeah, lovely spot. Yeah, it was cracking, mate. Um, chosen because it had a golf course on site. Does it? Yeah, so just like a little nine hole. So pretty much lads just, we had the wedding and then 
set up the golf balls <laughs> down a par three and everyone just hit golf balls all night. Oh, that's fun. It was gun, mate. It was awesome. Mrs. got on the wedding dress, uh, you know, started hitting golf balls, getting amongst it. It was just like a really cool thing to actually have at a wedding. It was wicked. A golf course? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. It was awesome, man. Everyone had a great time. The suits and well, that, oh, shoes came off. It what was it real also chill. means is you have no excuse to ever, yes, forget your wedding anniversary, but mm-hmm. also not celebrate it. That's true. 100%. Because yeah. it's a long weekend usually. Long weekend, Yeah. Just, I guess, if you want to go away, it's going to be more expensive, isn't it? But he's, the main, main thing for me is that I'm not going Tough to forget it. Champ. I'm not going to forget it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to forget it. That's the main thing. If it was a different day, I, I, honestly, mate, I've got no chance. Well, my birthday's the 7th. So oh, yeah. I was very, very close, and I think I was born at about 1 a.m. on the mm. 7th. So I was about an hour out of having my birthday on Waitangi, which would have been cool because yeah. then – you don't forget your birthday, but no, also, true. <laughs> but also true. you have a day off on your birthday if you want it. But I, I yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's kind of a, you know, you get the two days if you want to take your day off for your birthday as well. Get kind of get a weekend vibe about it. You'll be starting to think about marriage now as well, wouldn't you, mate? Oh yeah, just yeah. every day. You strike me as a bloke who, every, who get married on his birthday to remember mo- most, remember the day, <laughs> most minutes of most hours of most days, mate. <laughs> How could you not? I saw a bloke. I saw a bloke on um. <laughs> On Facebook, I don't know if I should say this actually. Go on, let's get in there. Let's get in there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I will. What's the time? Yeah, six, yeah, yeah we go. Only, the, early only the good people will see it eight minutes past six. <laughs> right, I saw a bloke on Facebook, and his missus had completed the half marathon, the awkward marathon, and he's popped up on the line and dropped a knee on the line, and she's got like. Like this shocked look on his face, and I was thinking, "That is not for me. That is part of she." Did he take an L? I don't know, mate. He's got the photo up there as his new cover photo, so I think he must be. um, Come on, mate. Wait, like, would you do? That's just crazy. That kind of stuff, isn't it? No stunts. No, no. Yeah. How did you you propose? How did I propose? I was actually packing myself because I went over. Actually, Brooke helped helped me organise over in Waiheke. Um, went to a winery over there. Um, they said they'd like set up like a like a private table or something like that because I was nervous, man. I didn't want to do it in front of anyone. And then we we're sitting at a table and like they just put us out in the bar. And I was like, man, there's so many people around. I don't know. I was about to not do it. And then the chef comes up and says, "Oh, your food's going to be like a little while." Like chef's just cut his hand, and I started panicking even more. I was like, "What else could go wrong?" And the dude was like, oh, "I'll take you for a tour around." And then he basically, like, then I clicked that it was actually chef was fine. <laughs> chef was fine. He just taken us out to like a private private cellar and just left us in there. So it was a little, yeah, I was panicking for so long, mate. I was sweating up you the storm. You didn't pick up the cues. <laughs> no, I didn't, mate. I was, oh, want a bit of word? Oh, yeah, I was crapping myself, mate. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but it's all over now. Yeah, until, <laughs> until, <laughs> until the second <laughs> wedding. Joe, I think he's so awkward. No, um, it, look. It's, oh, high probability nowadays. <laughs> yeah, so you're Waitangi Day, so I could yeah. be the seventh. Then we could we could be um nah, that's anniversary 
we while, like <laughs> while away. You, tell you what, there's not too many marathons been run in my life. <laughs> oh, actually, my whole life is a marathon. So is maybe, it? maybe, yeah. maybe one day at the finish line you'll see me <laughs> dropping a knee. But <laughs> what, what does Shannon do that, like, in an event you could interrupt and steal her thunder? Nah. Not a chance. Although we've got friends, to, look, you don't have to worry about me getting married, mate. It's not, it's not on the, it's not on the radar. But I tell you what, th- there is. I've got good friends that are getting married soon, and um, I did say, Brianna is her name. Brianna Watson. She's a ripper. She's mm. a beaut. And I said to her, I might propose to Shannon just just to ruin your day. And she oh, she, cause she said she goes. I said, oh, do you, what do you, people, you know, weddings are for lovers, and you know, like people, you, you're fully intending someone else getting engaged. Yes. She said, no one will be getting engaged. At my <laughs> <wedding."> <laughs> and I said, you know what? I don't want to get married, but just to see you pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> I know, bro. I, that's, <laughs> that's exactly. We were hoping like Kobe's birthday was supposed to be on the twenty uh, fifth um, of September. My sister's birthday is twenty sixth. So if she went to date, we were hoping that. It'd be on the 26th. <laughs> My sister's like the biggest birthday person, birthday month, birthday week, and then there's a couple of weeks after that's her birthday. So just to take away from the that glass. enjoyment. <laughs> I'd never actually do that to Brie, but um, I just I think it's funny. Yeah, people, they say it is you know, the day for you to be as selfish as you like. So, right? so what's the gag going to be with her? Is it, is it going to be get down on one knee just well, the after other- the dance and then quickly tie up your shoe? Is it, is it going to be one of those gags? Something like that. It's got to be, eh? Or um, the other thing she said is there's no way you're making a speech, so don't. And I was like, yeah, what time's the speech? <laughs> I'll read a poem. And she's like, you're not, you're not reading a poem. Oh, that'd be cute. Yeah, a nice little poem. <laughs> nah, it's, um, you know, they, some people, weddings are funny. I don't really know much about them, to be honest. I've only been to probably two or three. But, you know, pe- the te- tensions are high. Were tensions high at your wedding? Uh, we had a pretty chill crew. Once we got through the first part, it was sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, you get you get the cricket boys and get to a wedding, they just like to cut loose. So <laughs> it was entertaining. Yeah, entertaining. One of the best things I did actually was in my speech, I targeted a few people, like for like um like dance, like like MVPs of the night. So Carl Williams, a, f- a mutual friend of ours, um, you know, I targeted him as being one of the best dancers on the floor, Ben Horn. Again, same, like, hype man for the night. Put two or three of them in there, and then that just set the whole thing going. The whole yeah, night, right. they were all trying to outdo each other. The yeah. fizz levels are high the whole time. Yeah, so take take the yeah. pressure off you to take perform and put it on, lump it on others. Put it on others, yeah. It was outstanding stuff, actually. Yeah, good chat. All right, well, there you go. So that's Waitangi Day. That's why I love February for weddings. No, that's not, really, <laughs> that's not at all. But it is, it's just a great month, and, um, yeah, the sport, I think... Ironically, rugby season starts in February as well, which always cuts into cricket as gloss. Or see your eyes glaze over a wee bit. Mm, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, look. So February's a, a long month, mate. The the I tell you what I've really missed this year is the tennis in Auckland, and that's a January event. Yeah, it's been a bit of a shame, isn't it? But I guess we're getting some good tennis now. So, um, geez, that game last night, um, unfortunately, I only just caught 
caught the highlights, but what a cracker! Yeah, tennis has been the tennis has been good. The tennis has been great. I, I loved it. We'll get some highlights of that out shortly. But it looks like on the Kennards our phone line. At first, well, we did ask for a call. We said help us out today, and Charlie from Geraldine's come through. G'day, Charlie. G'day, fellas. Just driving to work. Um, just wanted to say, apart from a couple of other things, mate, you guys have been fantastic on the radio and. Buzz and Izzy better be listening and seriously up their game, mate, because you're, oh. you're doing entertaining, mate. Really good fun. Oh, yeah, good. Cheers, Charlie. Appreciate it, Charlie. And to boot, to boot with Kemi, mate. Kemi is a, Kemi's a star, mate. He, he's he's destined for radio with a face like that. He's just destined, <laughs> mate. Oh, you'll love it, eh? You'll love it. Charlie, you're, in, you're, you're in Geraldine, aren't you? Yeah, I'm driving across it. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come much closer after that comment about Kimpy. <laughs> we'll, oh, we'll, we'll meet you halfway. Yeah, hey mate, just a quick one. I, I got a double yesterday on the drive home. I got the, I got some cinema tickets and a hundred pound, hundred dollar bonus bet. Um, where am I going to stick some of that money, mate? Because both of you guys have been pretty good on the punt this last couple of weeks. Oh, Charlie, Ooh. stay stay um, tuned, mate, because they're racing at Maramara today and they'll find you one throughout the show. So best you can, stay locked in. Appreciate your time, mate. Love to have you listening. As always, very kind words. Baz and Izzy back on Monday. They will, of course, they'll be up and about for it. Well, they'll be fizzed up. I'll see Izzy's back on the fitness buzz as well. Yes. Day one yesterday. Yeah. If you followed his Instagram. <laughs> Day one. He, Looks like it's been a hard summer. He's had a big summer. <laughs> <laughs> I think Izzy has had a very good summer. So I'm sure we'll hear all about his fitness journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, over there. He's got a mate, I think it's at Matt Bateman down there, who runs this, I think, called the Hit Squad and just oh, yeah. absolutely smokes him. Smokes him. <laughs> so I think he's, yeah, geez. I think, wow, well, coming out of summer, we have spelled pretty well. It looks like it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, I was talking about myself as well. I mean, over the weekend, overindulging. Yeah. Even to yesterday. Well, as you do. It was cracking millions, mate. Yeah. I got, I NFL, know, good you, time of year, hot dogs, Budweiser. Well, so you look after gyms, right? So yeah. I, I fluctuate. I go I go kind of through periods where highly motivated and yeah. trying to stay in, in good nick and go, oh, AFL season's mm-hmm. only how many months away, want to be fit. And then I go to, through the period of just being like, yeah, but, you know, you just want to be happy. Should I just be fat and happy? You know, should I just eat what I want? Like, should I just go get fish and chips when I feel like it? I kind of, I, I almost like, it's almost one or the other, and then mm. the less you think about it, the more it can be together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, mate, I, I, sometimes, like, I'd love for everyone to be disciplined, but there's aspects of my life I'm not super disciplined as well. So, um if you choose to go discipline period, I'm all for it. And then, like, sometimes you just got to live, you know. And that's kind of the philosophy I have around it. Like, you know, you can go all full hundies all the time. But I think, you, particularly what we're going through now, you need that little break for your mental health. And But just knowing that you have built some habits um, in the past that have worked for you, um, so you know what you've got to do to get back to where you want to get to, and you can do it relatively quickly, I think that's quite cool. Um, yeah, or just... Balancing, a lot of people think like you have one bad day, um, one bad day and like everything blows out. But like calories kind of don't work like that. Like you could have that fish and chips one day, but if the rest of your week's like good, um, it balances out. It takes Mm. like a week or two for your body to change. Um, Because that's the word word people that know this stuff use. It's all about Mm. balance, right? And that that means... Yeah, think about your calories for the week 
um, as opposed for like the day. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes and they think, oh man, I've gone over like the intake of food that I should have had today. It's like I've been a surplus. We talk about surplus. So there's X amount of calories that you burn in a day if you don't do anything. If you do some exercise, you've got a little bit more. Um, people stress out if they have a bad day. Um, and then you've just got to make small little changes. You know, it might be not having a coffee for like, you know, that extra coffee for like four or five days. And that'll cut off like five, 600 calories. So you probably, you've covered off what you're probably overindulged on on that other day. Um, and people, yeah, people start their journeys every couple of, I know I'm going into this now, but people start their journeys, um, don't see results after two weeks, but don't realise that it takes your body two weeks to kind of, start to change you know so like if you've had a big week two weeks ago um gone whoosh um it'll hit your body in a couple of weeks time and vice versa if you go and oh yeah super, super back <laughs> yeah. in a couple of weekends yeah now, yeah i'll yeah. be, <laughs> be laboring no I, I the other thing that i noticed is um if i am motivated and happy in my mm. professional life or mm. my personal life or i've got something really exciting happening yeah i can and this might be mad i don't know if other people can relate that can really translate into my exercise like this cool f- um saturday morning for example i ran the fastest 5k i've run in probably a year because it was Karakamillion Day. And the serotonin was... But, so okay, fizzed, finished. I finished so the fizzed. mail run, and I went home, and I didn't even, wasn't even planning on it. I just got mm. home, and I was like, oh, I could smash a 25-minute run out here. I've got a bit of a window. Chucked the shoes on and just went. Didn't even feel like I broke a sweat because I was so had so, so much just good, wanna, good positivity. I just want to say you're not normal. <laughs> no one goes over and just wants to back out. No, I'm joking, bro. Well, I'm joking. I know, That's I just, awesome. I, just That's was, I was just fizzing yeah, and, yeah. and then so that, and it wasn't even, it wasn't, so I wish every day could be like that where yeah. exercise was like, just, felt it felt the right thing mm-hmm. to do. It felt mm-hmm. natural. And I know that's not like that for everyone. And it's not like that for me 97% of the year. Mm. So days like that, you want to capitalize. I felt like doing another lap, but I had to go get my um, number ones on. But I, I wanted to do another lap. And that's what I love about um, team sport as well. And, and if you go in to see your mates, then it just it just feels good. And that's yeah. you can kind of trick yourself into loving it. The old casual touch or, or something like that, or down playing a bit of beach volleyball or something like that, um, don't underestimate that just for like the amount of calories and stuff you'd burn without and having fun as well. You know, fitness and all that stuff doesn't have to be about in the gym and all that, going for a run and all that kind of stuff. Just get a couple of mates there, go kick a footy like you say, you know, take the kids down to the park, throw a ball around, mm. you know, that'll do wonders. Yep, love it. All right, there you go. There's a wider range of topics. It's <laughs> 20, what a start to 20, the morning. <laughs> it's the uh, 26th of January. Yeah, we've only got a couple more days before Baz and Izzy are back and like, the lads will be fired up and ready to rip in. We're going to be back and talk a little bit of tennis as we have been at this time each morning. It's 21 minutes past six. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Be like Charlie and get in touch. I want to try to tip one out at Matter Matter later on as well. So keep your ears peeled. SCNZ, 26 minutes past 6 o'clock. A couple of good texts here. SCNZ, at SCNZ Breakfast, starting with a hell of a chat this morning. Love it, boys. Uh, thanks to if Adam. You're listening up in the UK. I'm pretty sure you are, aren't you? You, you love your boxing, Adam. Uh, stay tuned a little bit later on. We're going to talk heavyweight boxing, the division, exactly what's going on with Anthony Joshua. So stay tuned for that. There's a couple of messages on Nick Kyrgios. Pace yourself. We will get to it. Last night... Hell of a match. Gail Monfils and Berrettini. Oh, I loved this. I loved this. I probably stayed up too late watching this. 
Great tennis match, five-setter, Australian Open drama at its final. So let's hear from Brett Phillips and the crew as they took in all the action at Melbourne Park. Set point here for Matteo Berrettini. Berrettini serving down the middle, forehands. Monfils now re-centers himself on the baseline. Goes around the forehands, strikes the forehand up the line. Gail Monfils, the inside in, is a winner. Italian serves to the backhand of Monfils. The off, the inside in forehand from Berrettini, even fooled me. And then Monfils' response is to go long. And Berrettini, he claims the first set with a bark. 6-4 to the Italian. Berrettini serving into the body. Cross-court backhand from Monfils. Slice backhand down the line from Matteo Berrettini. And then the forehand up the line from Berrettini. Somehow Monfils gets there. Cross-court winner, passing shot. Remarkable. Berrettini serves down the middle. Monfils gets it up long and over the baseline. And the Italian Lion roars. Finally, Matteo Berrettini holds after almost 20 minutes in that game alone. What a struggle between the Roman and the Parisian. Berrettini to the backhand cross court of Monfils. Backhand up the middle from Berrettini. Likewise from Monfils. Same from Berrettini again. And Monfils makes the elementary error. Forehand into the net. And Matteo Berrettini takes a two sets to love leads. Both with the same score line. 6-4, 6-4. A slice forehand return from Monfils. Now the power from Monfils up the middle of the court. The off forehand from Berrettini is wide. Two break point chances for Gal Monfils. Berrettini serving. Hits the net and goes wide. There's the break for Gal Monfils. His first of the match. Down the line, forehand from Gail Monfils. Pumps his fist to the player box, raises his arms to the crowds, taps his right ear, says, give me more noise, Melbourne. Gail Monfils takes the third set, six games to three. Forehand up the middle from Berrettini. Forehand down the line from Gail Monfils. What a heavyweight struggle. Advantage and great point here for Gail Monfils. Volley backhand from Berrettini, then Monfils readjusts and knocks over the volley backhand for a winner. Monfils up at the line, forehand down the line, catches the baseline for a winner. Gail Monfils has broken Matteo Berrettini in the fifth game of the fourth set. 5-3, Monfils up a break in the fourth set. Berrettini serving. Monfils has the advantage. Cross-court backhand from Monfils. And Matteo Berrettini nets the backhand. Gail Monfils from two sets to love down has now tied it up at two sets all. Berrettini's forehand up the middle and the off forehand from Gail Monfils is wide. And Matteo Berrettini right off the rip to start the fifth set has taken the break. Cross-court Berrettini inside shot from Monfils hits the nets. And Matteo Berrettini has two breaks in the fifth and deciding sets. He's up three games to love. The forehand is punished into the corner from Berrettini. He goes again. Monfils, his forehand is into the nets. Matteo Berrettini in five sets. Points to his chest. Points to his heart. He's marched into the semi-finals. Australian Open last night, Berrettini and Gail Monfils. Berrettini getting the better of Gail Monfils in the end. And like he, he had an incredible tournament. Um, some of the action from Melbourne Park was so good. 
It was so, so good last night. Nick Kyrgios and Kokonakis in a fiery match against Michael Venus and Tim Putz. We'll talk about that. One text to leave you with, though. Morning, fellas. Who was the biggest pest last night at the tennis? The crowd, Venus and his serving, or just Kyrgios being Kyrgios? Unnamed texter. It's a really good question. It probably is worthy of a choices flooring poll if this was a no, Monday. We could put Kokonakis in there as well. He's grinding my gears. They're all grinding our gears. <laughs> we will investigate who was the biggest pest at the tennis last night throughout the show today. We'll talk about it more in the next hour. But right now, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Love racing.nz after this. SCNZ, it is 26 minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning. Welcome into the show. If you've just woken up, you're on your way to work. Enjoy the day. Summer is still well and truly here as we amble towards February, my favourite month, because it's Mitch McLennigan's wedding anniversary month. (laughs) And and, and, and he is a big anniversary guy, so Georgia is in for an absolute... Uh, just a treat this Waitangi day. Oh, isn't she? Well, she's down, down Fongamatara at the minute, and we we're just talking off air. I just hope she doesn't surprise me and come back up because the house is an absolute mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Wait, you got to outsource that stuff. Get, give yeah. Joe a little sling, and he'll go around and clean it for you. Actually, oh. no, don't do that because I don't know if Joe's clean, cleanliness standards would be. Joe, can you confirm? Oh, disgusting. My room is filthy. <laughs> Absolutely filthy. Yeah, but is, it, is, it tidy? is it tidy there? No, it's filthy. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I just had a feeling. I just, I just had a feeling about that. Hey, I've um, they're racing at Meta Meta today, and I, look, I have said I will tip one out, and I just want to do a little bit more investigating before I declare one for Charlie and anyone else that wants to follow, because there are a few nice chances throughout the day. I tell you a couple of horses that I'm interested in watching, and these aren't tips, okay? So don't come back to me tomorrow and say, this didn't run anywhere. These aren't tips. I'm interested in watching these horses go, and I might come back and tip them out once I've just done a little bit more investigating here. But I want to take you to race number seven. It's a rating 65. The Fletcher Shed's 1,200. And this is an interesting wee field. Highlighter from a wide barrier for the Wexford Stables boys, uh, Lance and Andrew. Highlighter has been running good races in consistent form. It's probably been due to win this prep. Kind of wondering why it doesn't like its home course, though. It's never placed at Meta Meta before. It's got a wide draw. Opie Bosson gives it a couple of lengths. There's been a few scratchings in this field. Now, you will remember Highborn from a few weeks ago when I tipped Highborn out and managed to break its maiden after a huge third here at Meta Meta. So, obviously loves the course. It's got the claim down to 54.5 from Barrier 1. Interesting, interesting runner at $9 and $3. I don't know whether I'm going to tip it out back-to-back, so don't quote me. But Baldara, for Lance Noble Michael McNair, Baldara was a two-year-old that was very, very interesting to watch. Always thought it was going to kick on and do something. Maybe it just didn't quite turn up. The Hinchinbrook Philly just didn't quite have the maturity levels as a two-year-old. Barrier 6 today, Michael McNabb, $10, $3.30. Phew, 
it won first time and it won really well from memory at Taupo. It was tidy enough at least. Barrier 6, Michael McNabb. I'm going to look at the top four price here. And $2.40 for Baldara. Uh, a really consistent, really, really consistent filly. Seven starts. Has only run out of the four two times. I'm pretty sure that is what I'll tip you, but let me just do a bit more recon. Baldara, top four or a place. Let me just do a bit more recon before I can come and declare one. It's a good little good little uh, race meet here today, actually, at Matamasa. And I know, Mitch, that they've actually had to um, jump through. No, they haven't jumped through hoops, but they're very, very aware of the COVID situation for the racing game because of the very... I guess, select group of people you have that do a very specific skill that you mm. and I definitely couldn't do, which is the jockeys. Well, if you if you want to do weight training on your horse, I guess I could get up there. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. one wants to do that. No one wants to endanger. Sorry, mate, and- I, what race was that that you had that last tip? Because I'm putting out fires, Mrs. is up feeding the child, saying that she might just pop home and the house better be bloody clean. So... <laughs> Oh, she's been tuned in the whole morning. Oh, Perfect. well, yeah, for yeah, well, <laughs> she's got the little one sucking on her. Yep. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Sorry, yeah, what was yeah. that tip? Because I, I, race I know, seven, race seven, Baldara, Baldara. I think is it ten dollars and three dollars thirty. I think it's a genuine place chance, place or, chance. or a top four chance. Nice. And just going through the fields, there's another couple of nice ones. I see the money has come in race one for Madame Moet. <laughs> Opie Boss and Jamie Richards, five fifty into four dollars, a dollar seventy-five. So not a bad combo there. Where there's smoke, there is fire usually. Um, so I'd keep a close eye on Madame Moet in the first as well. I was just saying the 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 COVID situation with jockeys. So for the next two weeks at least, and I'm pretty sure this will last quite a bit longer. They're not jockeys aren't going to be going across islands. The reason oh. is because they're all in jockey rooms together, and these are small rooms for small people with COVID. <laughs> You don't. What? I just had a flash of like Hobbiton. That's all. <laughs> so, Wait, they're racing in Madame Madame shows in respect. Yeah, I like, no, I like I like Lord of the Rings. Kieran out the back is hiding. <laughs> Stay with me, all right? It's okay, I'm with so you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. They're not okay, going yeah. island no, to yeah. island because if there's a COVID outbreak and it ravages, say, one jockey's room. All of a sudden, our pool of jockeys is slashed for the however many weeks. Yeah. Race meets might have to be mi- missed. So for a group one day, for example, um, there's a chance that you might have to fly a, a lot of South Island jockeys up to race it in Crazy. here to, to, to facilitate the race meets, which I know is causing headaches for people at New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Well, not headaches, but just having to work through this and try to stay would they, agile. Would they ever decrease the fields? So like you're yes. in a wreck, they would? Yeah, I yeah. think they would. I think they would, but de- depending how bad it got, and yeah. this is all just down the line. I mean, I think you're crazy to think that this won't, the racing industry won't have an encounter with COVID. So depending on how bad it is or how severe the situation and how many jockeys or, or trainers or, or even barrier um, starters or yeah. whoever are scratched out, yeah, I, I'll be, wouldn't be surprised to see f- uh, field size change, mate. It's, um, it's just one of those ones that, Racing, they've done well not to miss a meet this time around mm. during COVID, but look, it's going to be turbulent just like every other industry. Yeah, we'll be. Yeah, right. So jockey rooms, yeah, I don't know what – is there a way around that? Nah, well, not really. Well, rapid antigen Get testing. Change, um, change in your trying car. To, trying to keep distances. The jockeys need to be in a room. They need, yeah. they need you know, they need to be fed and watered. and yeah. weighed. 
Wade, all that stuff, yeah. literally, yeah. Yeah, crazy. 19 minutes away from 7loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Go check out form, races, previews, the lot there. Quizzy Dag, 0800 Mitch has double-checked his paper today. He's rehearsed all the names. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is... Can't be worse than yesterday, can I? Wow, well, no, that was honestly terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 19 minutes from 7 back after this. Can you be... It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like a skipper bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because the same in the bag. Oh, 800... 150811 now give it a go whoa, whoa. Yes, welcome into Quizzy Dag for your Wednesday morning, brought to you by Ashley and Martin. We've got a rip snorter of a quiz today. It's a lot easier. Rip snorter. <laughs> that is absolutely it, mate. A little bit easier for me to read, except for the printers running out of some ink. Um, and my reading's not up to par. So <laughs> This could be an absolute stinker again, but we'll get straight into it. Go to the phone lines, and we've got Brett. How are you, How are you mate? Mitch, not too bad, Brett. Oh, good, good. Okay, we'll crack in there, mate. We'll crack in there. In the first set of his doubles match yesterday, Nick Kyrgios accidentally smashed a ball into a kid in the crowd, hit him in the dome. Uh, what did he give him to say sorry? Uh, gave him a racket. He did, mate. Sure. He, he did. didn't pay for <laughs> hey, don't play the nice guy thing when you're getting a ten rackets a game for free, bro. Oh, sure. Hey, we could we could get you on to do our tennis hour, a little tennis section. That sounds good. You'll definitely get the the old phone lines lighting up there, mate. We're going to number two cricketer Brendan Taylor was banned for match fixing uh, by the ICC yesterday. Which national team did he captain? Zimbabwe. He did, mate. He did, yeah. Uh, failure to report, took some cash, um, had a good night out with the fellas, apparently. So, yeah, yeah, not good, not good. The flower around the nose, too. <laughs> yeah, the baker. Brendan yeah. Taylor, the baker. That's the one. Emma Twig was the 12th person for which cricket side, or 12th man, 12th woman, for which cricket side in the Super Smash on Monday? Uh, ND Brief. That's it, brother. The Northern Brave. How good. Claudio Ranieri. What are we up to here? Four. Three. Three. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we're three from three. Three from three. We're on fire. Ooh. How good. You're a chance here, Brett. Yeah, I will see. <laughs> <laughs> Claudio <laughs> Ranieri was sacked as manager of which EPL team on Monday? Uh, was that Spurs? Oh, oh no. No, no. Hard uh, luck. Hard have, luck. That is entirely my fault. Yeah, you've you've jinxed him. Oh well. The jinx. Hard luck, mate. You have a cracker of a day. I think. Beauty. All right, Jade. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Sweet. Yeah, perfect. You only got two more questions to go here, mate. Uh, you're well in with the chance. Claudio Ranieri was sacked as manager of which EPL team on Monday? Watford. That's the one, brother. That's the one. Hey. Jade, you're a chance here, mate. Yeah, real chance. <laughs> You've got one to go. Yeah. So, perfect. 1978, Gary Herring became the first New Zealander to win a World Championship medal in what sport? 
Who was it? Sorry, Gary. Herring. Herring. Yeah, Gary Herring. Or Herring. Herring, Herring. Yeah. Three. Herring. Herring. Two. And one, Jay. Ice skating. Ice skating. Yeah. Uh, hard luck, brother. I like it, though. There's definitely ice skating world champs, aren't there? Uh, cheers, mate. You have a cracker. All right. David, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, guys. How are you? Yeah, cracking, mate. You're uh, a chance here, David. Big chance. Big chance. 1978. I don't know if I am. <laughs> Just kiss the sport, bro. Kiss the sport. Uh, 1978, Gary Hurring uh, became the first New Zealander to win a world championship medal in what sport? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try squash. Squash, yeah, not bad. Uh, hard luck. You got the the right. Well, I'm not going to give away a clue. We've got a, quite a few callers. Cheers, mate. You have a cracker. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> no, because if I give away the first letter, it's gonna. Yeah. Anyway, Luke, welcome in, mate. Morning, boys. Morning. You know the answer, or you want me to read you the question Morning. again? Swimming. Swimming. Here we go. How good, brother. How good. Well done, mate. There was, that's the easiest because you level in. A lot of hard lifting, oh, heavy lifting done for you. Oh, no, it's the key, isn't it? Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just get in that list, eh? Yeah, good. Hey, well done, mate. You've got that $50 bonus bet thanks to the TAB. Um, I'm not sure. Did, were you confident with Louis' picks for Matter Matter? Well, I'll tell you. Louis Louis cost me a multi on the white uh, correct millions today. So uh, you Ooh. had you had our Alley Cat a player. He stitched me a couple of grand. Oh, easy. Hey, do you know what? There's actually a um, there's actually a horse going around today called our Sassy Cat. Same trainer jockey yeah, combo. Um, it's actually been running some nice races. I think it's had a second and a third, and you could do a lot worse because the only big failures it's had was actually on the Cambridge Synthetic. So it goes back to a track track today. Um, and yeah, I don't think I don't think our sassy cat's out of this. So if you're willing to go back to the same colours trainer jockey combo, <laughs> if you can put yourself through it, Luke, nine dollars, three dollars. I think that's each way in the third at Matter Matter, but hey, that's just me. I never tell you to do anything. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> you get some retribution. Well done, mate. Absolutely cracking. You enjoy that bonus bet and have a fantastic day. Perfect. Not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. And then we've got a new little... We're going to dance around for a little bit, aren't we? Well, it's not Trudy's will today. It's Joe's time. <laughs> Joe, have you made a new intro for yourself, or you want to sing it live? For I'm, us? I'm going to sing it live. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great! This Joe's awesome. world. I'm after this. <laughs> it's Joey's world. It's Joey's world. It's Joey's world. It's Joey's world. <laughs> is this for real? Enough. This is real. We haven't just we haven't oh, gone yeah, back loose this morning. We're break. Air break. Set up the next hour. Hiding in the back of the. <laughs> Hey Joe, so this is a this is a little trial here. This is kind of like your thirty day period, Good but start. in two yeah. minutes. So what do you got for Joe's world, mate? And then we'll see if we continue this product tomorrow. Well, you guys were talking about how you love February. You love this time of year. I love this time of year because it's uh, in my mind it's called dumpery. Uh, dumpery is uh, <laughs> dumpery is a period where all the movie studios release their worst movies because like apparently no one goes to the movies in the US over winter or whatever. So they just released the Kingsman, which is um, a, like a prequel to the Kingsman. 
Terrible. Absolutely horrible. It was Oh, I like the Kingsman movies. No, no, but the these this one's terrible. Like it's got like Hitler in it and stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, it's got all these like world figures and yeah, they're, right. they're part of this like organization, like everything's related, it's all linked. Oh, so it's a terrible film. It's a terrible, terrible offensive film. And it was filmed like four years ago and they didn't want to release it and stuff and like and it passed around studios and um yeah, anyways, but I'm looking forward to Jackass 4. Jackass okay. 4 is what I'm looking forward to the most. I think, uh, like, this is the period where I go to the movies alone because no one wants to go to these movies with me. Or is that just so, because your missus yes, is moving to Wellington? <laughs> 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 is that why it's called Dumpery? Joe's life has become Dumpery. It's Joey's word. It's Joey's word. All right, thank you, Joe. Uh, we'll work out whether we want to continue that product again tomorrow. <laughs> we'll go to a conference. Okay, thank you, mate. Hey, um, after this, Peter Fulton, two men of Peter's coming up. Canterbury Kings, they're in their elimination final tomorrow against the Wellington Firebirds in Otago because that makes perfect sense. We'll catch up with Peter Fulton, talk some cricket. I'm off to find myself a McCafe coffee. Joe needs something, I don't know what. <laughs> Here's the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Shop in-store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the Summer Breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ is three minutes past seven o'clock this morning, 26th of January 2022. Louis Herman Watt joined by Mitch McLennigan in studio for the rest of the week until we hand the car keys back to Baz and Izzy next week. I'm sure the lads are fired up and excited to get back involved with SCNZ and the programme. So good to have your company throughout this morning. We've got Peter Fulton not far away. Later on, we're going to talk to Brooke Howard-Smith about NFTs and sport. If you've got questions on that, so do I. Stay tuned. We'll let Metaverse Mitch handle that one and see what we can <laughs> learn. Nick Webb, former strength and conditioning coach for CD and then just a little cricketing nation called India. We'll catch up with him and find out about his experience being involved with that Indian setup. We're going to talk some heavyweight boxing later in the show as well. Plenty of movement always while we've got, well, a few contenders lined up and the guys that have the belts have to sort themselves out as well. I want to talk to you about Nick Kyrgios and Kokonakis, what they're doing for doubles, tennis and tennis. Is it good? Is it grubby? Does it piss you off? Do you like it? We want to hear all about that later on in the hour and plenty more. But Mitch, um, the Super Smash this year, have you Mm. enjoyed it? Can't say um, the games I've watched, I have enjoyed it. I've, it's just been the big gaps between the games. It's been hard to get some momentum um, watching it. Um, but it has been some good cricket uh, mixed in and around it. So oh, I know a team that's rolling really hot um, throughout the whole season has been Canterbury as well. So you know, it'd be good to have a chat to Fultz. I think we've got Fultz on the line. We do. Peter Fultz joined us this morning, bright and early morning. Peter, how you doing? You good, thanks, guys. How you going? Yeah, good. Great to have you on the program. Um, are you guys travelling to Otago today? Uh, yeah, about lunchtime we're heading down there. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's raining in Christchurch at the moment. So, 
Um, fingers crossed we get some good weather down there. And um, yeah, like I said, it's um, you know it'll be it'll be a good game down there. We've got um, coming up against Wellington, who've obviously you know the same as us, same as us. They've got their black caps available um, at the moment. Um, so so yes, yeah, should be a should be a hell of a game of cricket. Fultz, you must be absolutely thrilled to give up home advantage where you guys have played so well all season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we obviously did it last year. We played uh, we we played CD up in Auckland, Eden Park number two. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess it's just the way, the way the competition set up. Everyone knows the everyone knows the rules at the start, and you know we had, we had a, we had a chance to potentially get a home final, mm. but um, but we we couldn't we couldn't be up on Friday, so. So yeah, that's just the way it goes, and um, you know, I guess we've got the advantage of having played there on on Sunday. So true. Um, so hopefully, we're pretty pretty familiar with the conditions. Yeah, true. Um, we had Cam Fletcher on last week. Um, guys had an absolute blinder of a season. I know he's been consistent over the last couple of seasons. Well, he spoke about your uh, your coaching and and just making the message really really clear. Uh, what's your message been to the boys leading into this game? Um, well, I mean, it's I guess it's one of those it's one of those one of those things, mate, where, you know, there's no point trying to, I guess, hide from the fact that it's a, a semi-final um, and it's do or die, but but it, by the same token, um, we've, we've just got to stick to what's been successful for us so far this year. And, and um, you know, our batters have been, been going out there and being really aggressive, probably, you know, probably at times too aggressive, um, if I'm being brutally honest. And, and, and sometimes that, you know, guys come unstuck, but in T20, that's that's the way we want to play. We want our guys to be, look to be... Look to be aggressive, to come hard at the bowlers, put some pressure on them, and um, the same message for the bowlers: be, be clear around your plans. That's probably the, the thing we try and we try and talk about the most. It doesn't actually matter what your plan is so much as just making sure that you actually commit to it. Well, one thing Cam said, just elaborating off that uh, thoughts, was that you know he he's not afraid like he potentially has been when he was being coached other places. That if he goes out and tries to hit from ball one and gets out, he's going to come back to a spray or. You know, if he believes he's doing the right thing, he feels like he's empowered to do that. And if that is being hyper aggressive, and that's what he's been doing, and it and it works or it doesn't on one particular day, he's not going to be reprimanded. If if they have been slightly over aggressive, like you just said, how do you kind of tone that down from a messaging point? How do you get that across to these guys, but they can still have serious confidence that what they go out there and do, there isn't going to be any of that chat when they come back out. Uh, I guess it's making sure they have the conversation with the guy that they're batting with out in the middle. Um, you know, like if if a certain bowler comes on and they decide that that's you know that's a good matchup for them and they're going to try and they're going to try and take them down. Um, I guess I guess all we ask is that, you know they talk to the the guy at the other end. Um, you know, at least then that's two two heads. You know, making a making a call rather than one. Mm. So um, yeah, it, it is a fine line, but like I say, T twenty. I'd rather I'd rather the guys were too aggressive rather than not aggressive enough. Yeah, your batters have been, um, like you say, very aggressive, high strike rates. Um, good having Latham and Mitchell back in the fold as well, Henry Nichols as well. But your bowlers have really held, held it together this year. Um, economy rates have been exceptional. Uh, Henry Shipley uh, has been um, very, very good this year um, and how he's gone. And Matt Henry obviously has been solid. Yeah, bowlers have been excellent. Um, as you say, Henry Shipley... Um, Probably, probably a few people outside of Canterbury wouldn't wouldn't have known too much before him, um, too much about him. Sorry, before the season, he's been on the scene for three or four years, but he's had a you know he's had a lot of injuries um, as as young fast bowlers tend to do. Um, but yeah, he's managed to get himself on the park. Um, you know, he's played 
pretty much pretty much every game this season. Um, and his his bowling his bowling's been outstanding. He's he's started taking the new ball, getting wickets at the top, coming back, taking wickets through the middle, um, and even you know the last couple of games been bowling at the death. So when you add in the fact that he's you know he's a he's a genuine batsman as well. Um, you know, he's definitely definitely someone to watch for the future. Mm. Talking about watching, um, obviously Wellington have been up and down this season, but they seem to be coming right at this point of the pointy end of the season. Who are your main what, um, what focuses on uh, with bat and ball? Oh, well, I mean, look, I think with the bat, you know, their top three, they've got Finn Allen, Devin Conway and Michael Bracewell, who, um, you know, are all, all quality players and can be really destructive on the day. So, yeah, I, look. To be honest, that'll that'll probably go a long way to to deciding the game. Is you know, can we can we limit the damage that they do? You know, at the top of the order. Um, with the ball, they've, I think the last game they used about eight eight bowlers, so they've got quite a few options there. So um, yeah, they're they're quite. I guess they've got quite a bit of versatility with the ball too. From your playing days through to the coaching time you're spending now, um, folks, how have you found that the competition, the standard of the competition has been this year in 2021 and 2022? Look, at Mitch made the point that it has maybe a bit hard to get momentum from a spectator's point of view with the games and the weekends, but whenever I've tuned in, there's usually players of quality on both sides that you can really kind of pin the competition on. Has it felt like that being involved directly with it? Oh, See you, folks. <laughs> we just dropped off the line there. Um, oh, well, I'll ask you, Mitch. <laughs> you, you, answer, you, you, you answer that question. You've played in the competition for a long time. We're, we're probably all right. Um, to, well, we can, we'll see if we can get faults back. But, yeah, I mean, you played in the competition for a long time. Have you felt like the quality has been there? Yeah, look, it has in certain parts. Um, I, I would still love them to put some investment into – um, getting a good quality overseas player for each each side. Um, I think the knowledge that a good overseas player, like you've got to pay good money, um, but a good quality overseas player, the, uh, how, what, how they would help the younger guys coming through understand the game a little bit more um, would be invaluable because you know you see the guys go and do the leagues and how much they come back and learn, the Glenn Phillips and the likes of that, come back and learn at a young age. Uh, we're missing out on that. Um, we've got... A lot of inexperienced coaches, barring people like Fultz um, around the country barring, and maybe Rob, Rob Bolters, but a lot of guys around the traps who haven't played a lot of cricket and haven't rubbed shoulders with a lot of the greatest players around the world, mm. um, particularly in T20 in a sport that moves and a format that moves so fast, um, it can move, it can completely change in 12 to 18 months. So having guys who are playing that all the time coming in offering a bit of experience. Um, I think we're missing a little trick there. Do you think we've got enough... Well, I think about the Black Cats being involved now, though. Do you think there's enough of an even spread around the teams of those top Black Caps that can get back in these squads? Because a lot of that stuff, if you're not, if the coaches aren't sharing mm. those experience because they literally don't have them, well, we should be looking internally because the resources we have within New Zealand cricket are incredible at the moment. We've got some of the world's literal best players. Yeah, they are. Um they're obviously definitely good resources. Um, depends what guy you get come back um, and where they are at the time. A lot of the guys, the schedules with the Black Caps are, you know, are so hectic that a lot of the time is more spent at home. Um, you know, spending time with family and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm sure they do impart knowledge where they can and all that kind of stuff. But um, 
as well. They're focusing on different formats of the game and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying, um, that we should have the knowledge here, but there's T20 in particular is a different style. And then the opportunity, like when we had uh, Muhammad, uh, sorry, um, Azura, um, Mahmood, Azra Mahmood at Auckland, and the amount of knowledge that he gave us as bowlers and like um, skills in different countries, um, how he played spin differently in different conditions, you know, how he bowled differently to on different fields. Like that kind of knowledge, like fast forward, accelerated my, um, you know, me getting to the next level. Um, and I just feel like we're missing out on, on that a little bit more. Um, I know we've got heaps of experienced guys around, around the traps, but not every team has that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. And there's a text here from Pistol Pete. Louise Long question claims another phone call. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I've managed to. Uh, I don't know if Peter Fulton still lives out in Oxford, but I'm pretty sure he used to live in, out in Oxford, which was it's a long way out of Christchurch. So it could have been a reception thing, but yeah, it was a long question. So um, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for a long question. Thank you, Pistol. Um, but I you kind of wonder. Like we're not the obviously we don't have I don't want a financial cricketing superpower by any means mm. New Zealand cricket we mm. we won't be and we've probably this year in particular we'll probably be hurting in the coffers so we're never going to have that ability just to be able to click our fingers and make something happen that money can do for you know certain cricketing unions and countries around the world so do we need to be more creative with how we're getting that information and if that is sacrifice and restructuring people's years or time off or trying to make sure that guys like Trent Bolt who have come back in can do mm. that more often um, I'm thinking thinking Canterbury right Tom Latham Henry Nichols, yep. Matt Henry Daryl Mitchell I mean, yep. Daryl Mitchell's World Cup experience alone mm. is gold dust so, so yeah I know what you're saying around that and I think it's a good point but um, I'll elaborate on why I think top quality overseas players in the comp are more valuable because if uh, if you get a top quality guy, like I'm talking like top notch, and they're all in different leagues around the world, that guy's going to come in and they're more than often, more often than not, they're going to be shot callers in their T20 sides um, around the world. So they're going to be shot callers. So you want them in our comp watching all our players play cricket and then they're going to go, well, Tom Bruce, amazing. You know, or he's going to go pick up someone, a young guy, and go. That guy's amazing so it's for the as future. Much networking as anything. Networking, mate, because then you will get eight to ten players from our comp mm. get picked up on bottom dollar, get an opportunity in those conditions, which we're missing at the moment. And if you say there's no money, it's tight at the moment. You've still got to invest some money, and I don't think a programs we can do it smart. We can invest here and then get other people to pay to develop our players overseas. And competitions, and even then, they're going to get even more. It's like more spreading experience. your seed, you know. Hundred like percent investing, not even at the ground level, literally in the roots, like under yep. the soil. By yep. bringing, I see what you're saying. So bring these international players in, Who've and got then decision making power in their comps. So it's about the inf- information they are imparting in that moment, but it's actually more than that. It's about the speed that they can then spread and the way that they can grow, and which is then in turn recycling back just like an ecosystem into the New Zealand cricket setup at that super smash level and domestic level. Definitely, again. mate. You've hey, only got to do it for three making, or four years. <laughs> what did you do overnight, mate? You Tenfold <laughs> performance has just gone from yesterday's quizzy dag. That, I don't think you've ever made so much sense. 
Oh, you're going to be talking about this. This is one of thing I'm passionate about because I do think there's different avenues for us to get experience for these cricketers. And they need to be playing cricket and playing more games. But when you say, well, can I, well, one thing I did wonder is when you say top, top level, like top tier decision yeah. maker, like you're not talking about Virat Kohli, obviously. So no. who are you talking about? Like what sort um, of player? Give us I, an example. I think you've got to be looking at, um, so CPL is a competition where you can get a lot of people in. So you're probably looking at like your, um, Decision makers would be people like Carlos Brathwaite. Um, you know, you're trying to t- you would try and tie in a deal with Andre Russell with the Big Bash, so he could get per- its period of time over here. Another decision maker. Yeah. Um, there's a few guys like that. Um, I mean, you get Bears brokering some deals. Yeah, yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, then you then you could be looking at um, you know you guys are up there in um, your hundred. You know, trying to trying to. Maybe not like top, top guys, but tight guys who do the T20 circuit like a Sam Billings. Again, try and schedule your tournament so it's a little bit shorter, a little bit more compact. Our tax rates are lower than Aussie tax rates, so you can get them in before um, going to the Big Bash because that's their big prize. They know that if they go to the Big Bash and perform well, they get picked up for the IPL. Mm. So you give them a nice little two, three-week lead-in, smash out our comp as quickly as we can. You'll get more, you know, more of the top players in because you can pay them a little bit less, but for a shorter period of time, leading into that comp. Um, yeah, Pakistan guys as well. Get a get a couple of these young Pakistan guys over. Um, yeah. I, rem- I remember when we had Jay Wardner. Yeah, like that. So how do you think how do you think Milne got picked up for the IPL? Yeah, right. So that, he was CD, playing for CD, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mahalo, like had not seen him too much before that. Yeah, so he played some international cricket. Um, but then he got to watch a whole season of of Milne charging. You know, he got to see these guys. You know, so and then he's just had a really, really high opinion of Milne ever since then. Um, so that's a really good example of what you're talking about. Mm. You know, getting someone in like that who's a decision maker in a league um, or ended up being a coach. Mm. Um, but if the Sri Lankan Premier League was going at the time. Um, then Milne would have been straight off the thing. And there was been a couple of lower, cheaper, um, moneyball people who could have got some experience in those comps. Making sense, Mitch. You're making sense in the metaverse and you're making sense here on ECNZ, and that's what we love you for. 19 minutes past 7 o'clock. If you've got any thoughts, double eight, double three. Which international cricket, in that decision-making mould that you've just heard Mitch give examples for, the Brathwaite's or the Billings or these not... AAA listers, but these guys that are playing these T20 competitions, who would you like to see in New Zealand and what could they actually do? And what players would they love, like to see? Give us some examples of a sort of character, your Cam Fletchery types that would really benefit from this. People in good form that might need a bit more help with exposure. Double eight double three or 0800 150 811. It's good stuff from Mitch. We'll be back to talk a bit more about that and get through a couple of texts after this. SCNZ here with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Edward, 25 and a half minutes past 7 o'clock. Interesting conversation we're having here, Mitch, about um, domestic cricket and getting overseas international players in, well, not just to impart their knowledge, but as far as the what you're explaining is pretty much like a cricket network. And, and And that then recycles. If these guys get to come and play in the CPL or around the world, then they come back and then they can part that wisdom on. 100%. Absolutely. You've got it bang on. Bang on. So. Well, we've got a couple of texts here. Get Cam Boyce over. Got told he wouldn't be on their list two hours before a big BL game gets out it's a five foot including a double hat trick maybe the Kiwis helps the Kiwis against spin also 
Yeah, it's not a bad shout. We don't have heaps of like like high quality leg spinners. Cameron Boyce has done pretty well um, in the big bash. Um, again, same same kind of thing. Like there's going to be and there should be a lot more, particularly leading into the World Cup. Um, you know, should have been a lot more of our guys going playing a couple of games. I know we haven't been able to with the borders being open, but we should take advantage of being so close to Aussie and actually get guys playing in those conditions a little bit more. Yeah, we're right there. We are neighbours. Look, COVID does make all of the stuff harder, but let's yep. just park that for now and let's just pretend like we could just. This is this is what should happen, and we'll see if that can happen. Um, that's from Adam. Similar text here. Would love to see quality spinners out here. Someone like Imran Tahir, who has played all the T Twenty comps around the world. Uh, Kieran Pollard would also be awesome. He's so valuable for any team with his leadership and understanding of conditions. Yep. Same goes for a guy like Dwayne Barber. Cheers, Ben. No, cheers to you, Ben. Awesome text. Yeah, great text, actually. Yeah, um, I've been very co- close with Kieran Pollard over the years, um, and he is one of the ultimate leaders, um, leader of men. He gets his message across uh, very well to the team. Um, and, he, and him and Dwayne Bravo um, and a lot of West Indies, those senior West Indies guys have just got this different will to win. Um, like, honestly, well, a well, different... Well, there are a couple... Dwayne is a... DJ is a winner, right? Yeah. He is cut from a winning cloth. Yeah. Same with Pollard, same thing. You know, they just got this will to win um, and this... You know, win at all costs. Well, not win at all costs, but like just like really competitive, and will try and do anything they can to win. And and sometimes you've got to see that firsthand from those guys and how they go about it in pressure pressure moments to actually know how to win a game. Well, do you know this actually stems back to culture? And New Zealand culture is very unique. Like mm-hmm. we are extremely insular in this country in the way we do things in any industry. Mm-hmm let alone sport, and yes, we are a winning nation. We win at the highest level, but we do it a certain way, and, and that's the sort of people we are. There are multiple ways to win, and what you're talking about there is that that West Indies, that especially with guys like DJ and, and Pollard, yep. you're, you're trying to explain a, a different sort of will to win that you can't understand unless you're around it, right? Best way I can say is that I think New Zealand um, mentality from a cricketing point of view, will get them to semi-finals, uh, that kind of quarter-finals, semi-finals, maybe into finals more often than not, um, because of how we go about it, um, leading into it. But if you come up against guys like Pollard and Bravo in a final, that's where their attributes and their want to win and win it themselves, and stand up and be the man of the match in the finals. That extra little edge, that mental edge um, in those big games. So that, that's why they win finals and that's what I personally believe. Um, we're just missing a little bit um, from a New Zealand side. So if we could find that gear and that ability, like you're talking poker terms, you know, switching gears. You play passive and then you go aggressive, okay, you set it up. So we need to find, um, and it's only getting exposed to these kind of guys um, that will actually teach our guys to be able to switch gears and be that person who stands up and wins, wins finals. It's a different layer. Awesome. Guys, talking Adam Milne, popped along to a T20 at Eden Park on Saturday. He was a class ahead of the other bowlers, including Ferguson. Hadn't seen him bowl live for a number of years. I hope he can stay injury-free. Class. Cheers, JD, Mount Eden. Yeah, he is class. Yeah, JD, um, I didn't actually get a chance to, to catch catch the game, but um, my mum always kind of keeps me up to date on this kind of stuff, and she said uh, Milne was outstanding. Um, she said she hadn't seen him 
bowling that good for for so for a little bit of time, and obviously coming back from injury, um, so she she was really impressed, and yeah, she likes likes watching a lot of cricket. And um, Lockie Ferguson, uh, it looked like um, from or what uh, what my mum said that it looked like he had a bit of a limp, so I don't know if he's still carrying a bit of a niggle. Um, so wouldn't read too much into where Lockie was, but it's great to see Milne. I personally personally. I would love to see a T20 side or even a one-day side where Adam Milne takes the new ball, swings the ball both ways. He's effective at the top, T20 in particular, and then you have Lockie Bowl, the middle to late overs of that power play. Then if you really want to go hammer and tongs in the middle, you've got two guys who can blow blow, blow, a park, uh, blow a team off the park and then make that death phase a little bit easier. So I'd love to see those two in the same lineup. Real family affair today, enjoying it. You, your wife's listening, your mum's out, <laughs> SENZ domestic Isn't cricket, she? ground yeah, reporter. Great. Morning, guys. I got into the conversation halfway through, but picking up on it, what about Gazza Lyon? We never have thought a great bowler with, the, with his will to win and mental edge must be huge. Yeah, well, the, the only issue with guys like that is they play so much cricket, but... The question is, how do we make our calendar malleable? And that's how Mitch started here, getting these overseas experience into domestic cricket. 29 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Great conversation. Keep it coming. 0800 150 the Kennard's Hire phone line. Which other cricketers, international edge that you would like to see in New Zealand impart some wisdom? We'll be back after news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. We'll find a couple of news headlines around the world to update you on. SENZ, 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. And I'm in a great mood. i tell you why. Because it's summer. I'm here drinking a coffee, talking domestic cricket like a cricket, cricket like a sports nuffy I am. I hope you're enjoying this conversation. Double eight, double three. Keep your messages coming through. We'll get to some of those in a minute. The only thing that's grating me this morning, the only thing that's grating me this morning a wee bit is... And at the start of the week, I was so in on Nick Kyrgios. And I Mm. don't know if it's because he did it to our guy, Michael Venus, or maybe this special K double act Kokonakis Kyrgios thing is just becoming a bit punishing. Definitely. Yeah, I I don't know where I stand on it. I'm a bit bit torn. But like swinging from side to side, a bit like uh, Pete Davidson. So yeah, you know, I'm trying to figure out what side of the fence I, I sit on here, mate. Um, yeah, I don't know either, Mitch. I mean, yes, they're good for doubles tennis and good for tennis. Sebastian Lavi told us that yesterday, and I agree. But some of that behaviour they were inciting at the Kia Arena, if you saw that doubles match between Puts and Venus, and they ended up going down, but there was no chance they could win. The, the, and like I, I like Australia I love Australia I like Australians but they were behaving feral <laughs> like but that's, like, Austra- that's they, Australia they, though mate they, they love that stuff they love it they and love it's that great stuff. But is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost to the point I need to put that R18. Mate, the care arena was off its head. And then Kokonakis <laughs> is out after the game. And we'll find you the clip and play it a bit later. He's saying, yeah, drink some beers, or I think yeah. he said something else, and and come and just get loud and get yeah. rowdy in there. And Kyrgios is in his balls around, and it's just like, I think the further they go into this tournament, the more grating it'll be for everyone that's not an Australian. That is my kind of read on it so far. Definitely. Just, just on where I'm at. It was fun for a bit, but and it was a bit cutesy, 
but now it's redlining and it's getting a bit punishing. And Kokonakis is just, he's hes a wounder, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. Oh, man, he's getting worse as worse. Like, the further they go in the tournament as well, he's, like, trying to play up to Kyrgios as he's, well. Uh, you're right. 100%. <laughs> they started off, like, double eight, double three. Are we wrong? Just uh, tell us if we're wrong, but I don't think we are. They're getting worse. Anyway, we love the Australian Open. Brooke Howard-Smith, not far away. Got some great messages here on domestic cricket and getting some international players in. We'll clear though. We'll get to those and we'll uh, let you know exactly what we're thinking on that in that department as well. But Brooke Howard-Smith, talking NFTs in sport, um, he's an interesting character with a lot of skills, Brooke, including one that got him an X Games bronze medal once upon a time. And if you didn't know that, Neither did I until about three minutes before six this morning. So we'll find out more about that up after this here on SCNZ Summer Breakfast. SCNZ, we are 17 and a half minutes away from nine o'clock. And, well, look, maybe we've just been thinking about it too much, Nick Garrios, Mitch, because Cam says, first tennis match I have ever watched. Kyrgios hitting the ball well after the default. Cool, hitting the kid, abusing the umpire, mocking Venus's serve, and then amping the crowd during Venus's serve. Not professional at all. Good to see some fun out there, but there there is a line in my opinion. So is the point, though, if he is getting people to watch, you just suck it up and just enjoy it? Suck it up, but if they go through the win, um, it's not going to be good for doubles because he's just going to come out and say, oh, that was easy. Mm, that's true. Which, kind of which, is. <laughs> which, which is kind of going to be his right, isn't it? Yeah, fair, fair, fair. If he does it. Um, and there's another one here that we'll get to in a minute. But Mitch, um, 17 minutes away from eight, we've got Brooke Howard-Smith on the line. I'm going to talk a range of things with Brooke Howard-Smith, including what he's doing in, a, in an interesting space, in your space, the metaverse, um, with NFTs and, and all sorts of stuff like that. But where I want to start, Brooke, as I say, good morning to you, mate, is... I had no idea that you are an X Games medalist. Is that true? Yeah, it is. It is. I um, I make sure my mum puts that at the start of the Wikipedia. Boom. Drop <laughs> well, it. Yeah. And actually, I think it's been buried a wee bit, mate. You've obviously done a bit too much in your next few lives because um, it's been buried a bit. So you might need to get your mum up there to update it a wee bit. I had to <laughs> scroll for a bit and I still didn't really understand what you won a medal for. What, what was What was it about? Uh, X Games, very first X Games. I competed in the first three uh, uh, inline skating streets, so like the handrails, street course, and I skated on vert as well, so vert and street. How good is that, Lou? Back back in the day, back in the day. So I kind of just, uh, I I wear it out sometimes just to, just going to roll around Ponsonby in the uh, the middle. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) It's Waiheke, isn't it? Up and down those hills. That's right. That's exactly, exactly. Hey, mate, um, great to have you on this morning um, because you're doing some amazing space. We've, we've been talking about um, a few things in, in the last little while. Uh, Louis just coined me Metaverse Mitch, apparently. Um, but we are on the yeah. Baz, Baz and Izzy show, and, and I know you've got a group of guys together um, who have contributed, um, and you and Aaron and a few guys in a bigger way, but um, to helping the Auckland City Mission, mate, you raised a million dollars through selling some of your NFTs, and it was nice to be a small part of that with a few well-known New Zealand names. Yeah, that was amazing. So, I mean, the, the background is we started a uh, non-fungible uh, company called Non-Fungible Labs. 
about 12 months ago, just when they started to kind of come onto the radar. And we've been very, very lucky to have built a great community around 50,000 people around the world um, around a NFT project called uh, Fluff World, which sounds, sounds a bit crazy if you're on the outside. Once you're on the inside, it's fine. Uh, and we donated $100,000 just before Christmas. I ran into this awesome dude, Brian Gregory, who was walking um, a kilometre for every day in December. So 1K on the 1st of December, 25Ks on the 25th. And he walks with a frame, like a Zimmer frame. He's had a, a couple of knocks in his life. Auckland City Mission picked him up, got back on his feet, literally. And he thought he'd raise some money. And so he was up to about 9000 and I, I've had a decent year. I was like, okay, well, listen, we'll get you a bit of cash. Went to the Fluffle, which is our combined group, and we all raised 100K for him. And it was just beautiful. If you ever get a chance to see the footage of him, because he, he was up to nine and a half, he was trying to get to 10,000, and we just you know, gave him 100K, and he it was it beautifully burst into tears. And for him, it's been a real kind of measure of deciding to do something and then people joining you in that mission. And then, so we did that. And then Wednesday last week, I think it was, it's all a bit of a blur. I went to Auckland City Mission and they presented us with a kind of a, there was a wata and they thanked us for the 100K. And we just came up with this crazy idea on Wednesday night. Why don't we, we've just been lucky enough to sign this deal with Snoop Dogg. And so Snoop and, um, and our, our company have produced these wonderful, like these amazing houses with a great company out of Wellington called Beyond. They're like virtual reality houses in the metaverse. So it's like, if you think, what is the metaverse? These are like places you can walk around with your avatar and you'll eventually be able to do all sorts of things and then have concerts and parties and play poker with your mates and all these things anyway. So we got Snoop Dogg on board and we got seven of these burrows and we bought them and they cost us a little bit of money to buy them and we thought we'd auction them the following night, Thursday night. And... We, by Thursday at 7.30, it was looking a little sketchy. We didn't know if we were going to get, we wanted to get 200K and it was kind of like limping towards there. But by 10.30, with the help of a whole bunch of people, including two great Kiwi syndicates, one that, um, you know, just has a bunch of Kiwis that own Fluffs, raised about 100,000 and they lost out on the bidding. But Mitch and your syndicate, this awesome syndicate that includes Spaz and Izzy, I'm I'm probably doxing, which means kind of giving up some um, information here. But it's got DC in it. Uh, It's it's, bloody great. It's got 660 boys. It's an awesome uh, uh, Instagram chat group. And I think it got to about 130K. Um, contributed by all of them going straight to the Auckland City Mission. The total raised seven Snoop Dogg burrows was a million sixty-five thousand dollars, I think. Crazy. And uh, and you can also see that video because we, we filmed this like a telephone. It's the world's cheapest telephone. We just did a Zoom with the, the ladies from Auckland City Mission who, along with 200 volunteers, struggle every day to help those less fortunate. And to see them watch them watching the total go up and up and up and people get so generous was just awesome.
Yeah, it was awesome to, to you, Brooke, obviously you guys have pulled that group of um, athletes together to be able to contribute to that and that was a really nice touch. And and then we got speaking, um, we've only kind of just briefly touched on it personally, but uh, you think NFTs are going to have a big part to play in sport going forward? Yeah, you know, you, you, you touched on um, my past. I, I was lucky enough to help grow a really amazing community around action sports in the 90s, um, well before you guys were born, Johnny. And uh, community growth has always been something I've been interested in. Uh, you know, just how do you get a community growing around a shared mission, and that mission might be, you know, uh, having the Warriors make it this year. <laughs> you know, this is the year for the Warriors, and getting the community talking and engaged and excited around something. Or it could be, uh, it could be something as simple as, as what we're doing with the metaverse. But what NFTs are, so if anyone is, like, from the, the very basic nature of an NFT, it's a bit of content that has a contract attached to it. Now, that sounds kind of pretty simplistic, but what that allows is you can put anything in that contract. You need to think of it like an envelope. So if you were, for instance, let's say it's Manchester United, and we know that Man U and a bunch of these big um, teams are doing this now. They're going back to their, their fans and they're finding out who's been a fan since 1975. You know, and they get it building out an NFT for the 1975, since 1975 fans. And they're doing an NFT for everyone that starts to represent what you've contributed to the club so far, but most importantly will track what you're contributing to the club going forward. How many games you've been to, um, the times you go into the chat groups, the support, uh, potentially, you know, working with some of the, the, the teams that are feeding into Manu. And all of that starts to build up a really dynamic look at the club. Like the club becomes, because these things are ecosystems, right? Each club, the Warriors, the All Black, the Black Caps, were ecosystems of creators and athletes and administrators and volunteers, all contributing to the success of, of, of the entity. Now, if you can track that and reward people that are doing a better job than other people, make them feel loved suddenly you're going to have a more dynamic ecosystem. And what's incredible is you can reward them with things that potentially don't have, or either have a monetary value or uh, things that you don't even need to have a monetary value. So an upgrade on your, on, your, on your ticket. You've been volunteering at the feeder team for the last three weeks. You turn up, you scan your ticket at the, at the door, and they give you an upgrade to a, a VIP seat. So that's what NFTs will allow. And all of that is without the help of Facebook or Instagram or any of these third parties. Mm. The ability to build a genuine community ecosystem and reward the people that are contributing. Ah, it's fascinating stuff, Brooke. I mean, just sitting there, look, obviously this is not your first morning thinking about this stuff, and I know you've probably got a lot more on different levels of information that you could share. Just very, very quickly, because we've got to shoot off, but we love what you've done for the Auckland City Mission, and SENZ is so supportive of it, and it's great to have you on the show to try and learn a bit more about this stuff. But if people are sitting here listening and thinking, okay, this is great for, you know, um, it's great for the people that are involved, but how do you find the information to get involved or actually see what you're doing a little bit more? Is there a place you can send us? I'll tell you what, I'll get, I'll get you a link because I'm getting so many people asking now, especially charities, non-profits, brands, things like that. I'm going to do a, a Zoom, a shared Zoom-like broadcast at 12.30 on Friday where I'm just going to go over the basics. What an NFT is? What is the metaverse? How do they work in together? And then how can you 
take this, at least learn enough about this technology to see if it can be a fit in helping you in the next phase of the internet, which is called Web 3.0. So 12.30, um, I'm doing it soon. It'll be on my, I, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. I'll put it on all of those. Um, but potentially I'll just throw that link through to you guys and you guys can have awesome. people join us. Yeah, now that's that's awesome, Brooke. That really excites me, and I'm sure we've got people listening in our ECNZ community that find that really interesting. Thanks so much for your time, mate. We'll have to get you on another another time. We've got a bit more uh, time after this Friday, and we can maybe find the next level of it. But appreciate you this morning. Legends, guys. Have a great day. Keep up the good work. Oh, keep up the good work to you. That is incredible, Mitch. That's um, We've only got 30 seconds here, but that is... You must feel proud. Oh, mate, it just come together. It was literally like everyone in the group, oh, do we want to do this, do we want to bid this? Um, and all the boys are like, okay, I'll put this much up. I think um, all the fellas put like five to six grand together. So, um, And 20 of us got together and yeah, helped it out. So some big name athletes in there as well. I'm so. going to go have to listen to that interview again to try and understand half of it, but I know that it's a, I know that it's a pretty cool space. We'll be back after this here, SCNZ Summer Breakfast. SCNZ, we're coming up 8 o'clock now. Uh, I th- Grant, look, look, here's a text around Nick Kyrgios. Let me get my words out. It's grating, but it's probably worse yesterday because it was against New Zealand. The only any different than the 2015 Cricket World Cup match at Eden Park, you're worse in England. Maxwell is a bleep. A great day out if you were the Kiwi. A crowd atmosphere that day was epic. That's from Damon. It's a good point, Damon. And I'm sure the people in the Kia arena yesterday didn't really care that I've called them feral. I think they're probably proud of it. And good on them because they got their guys, Kokonakis and Kyrgios, over the line. So maybe that's the end of the discussion. Good on them. Or is it? Or was it a little bit wounding? And is there a line, like Cam said, the text before? After find ourselves a McCafe coffee. Up after this, we're talking more cricket and how you train the best in the world. Here's the news for Kubota. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ it is. Three minutes past eight o'clock this morning. Great to have your company. Really enjoying this morning. We've covered a wide range of topics, including NFTs and their future in sport. Well, it is actually the present. If you missed that interview with Brooke Howard-Smith, I would encourage you to head to Baznazi for Breakfast, the podcast channel. Have a listen to that. Even if you know nothing about it, just at a very surface level, you might pick up a couple of things that you find interesting from it. Have a listen to it twice if you need to, and uh, we'll continue to talk a bit more about it, I'm sure, in the coming months and years. I'm actually certain of that. Mitch, up next, we're going to catch up with a guy called Nick Webb. And before we get him on the line, Hmm. do you want to give us the 101 about Nick Webb and what he's been doing? Yeah, so Nick Webb um, is a trainer, he's got his master's, exactly I'll find out, but basically he's like top top of the top qualifications wise um, to be a trainer, Um, loves his research, all that kind of stuff. He was a trainer for CD for a period of time, a decent period of time with Heinrich Milan, and then put his name in the hat um, when the Indian trainer's job came up, uh, maybe three, four years ago, three and a half years ago, um, got the job. So he, he was living living in India, travelling around all formats of the game with the Indian cricket team. Um, so a New Zealander going into that environment, I think he probably would have been one of the only overseas um, staff members. So um, I think it's 
pretty cool story, man, because we'll get a different side of, of what that Indian side is like, how they trained, what things he needed to implement um, to help them improve and get to where they got to. Um, but also, you know, what's, what's he brought back? What's he got brought back? And with COVID, you know, is he going to be set up in New Zealand and be going to be able to contribute to New Zealand cricket as well? Yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. And it's, uh, look, not a name I'd heard of and you might not have either, but stay with us because I think this is going to be an interesting chat. Uh, later in the hour, we're going to talk some boxing, some heavyweight boxing out of the UK as well because there's some rumblings around Anthony Joshua. And look, it could just all be rumours, but we love boxing on this show. So we'll get stuck into that. But right now... That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled that. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Yes, Baz and Izzy are still at the beach for a couple more days, but Mitch and Louie, we're talking cricket with Razine, the paint Kiwis trust, and everything you just heard there from Mitch, let's get stuck into it. Nick Webb is on the line, and he joins us right now. Morning to you, Nick. Thanks for spending some time with us. Good morning, boys. How are you going? Yeah, we're good, eh, Mitch? We're loving it. Real good, mate. Yeah, um, Webby. So I know you've you've come back. We spoke briefly, caught up. You've come back now with COVID, just a little bit too hard for you to stay with that Indian team and be away from your young family. Um, I I just really want to kind of set the scene for everyone. And and you've gone over to that environment, um, coming from New Zealand, uh, where most people don't have much of an ego. <laughs> I want to start on on this this way. And then you've gone into some of the biggest superstars in, in world cricket, into their environment, their backyard. How difficult was that for you to start implementing uh, your training regime and was what were the challenges along the way? Oh, look, it was strange how it all turned up, but it wasn't it wasn't hard at all. I mean, no, I, I kind of went in with the mindset and obviously I worked with New Zealand cricket before I went over to India and it pretty much laid the foundation of how I operated. So I, I went in there with a pretty open mind. I knew I was a foreigner. I knew they were a, a big... Um, international body they had big players I was going into a different culture different language um, so I basically went over there with the strategy of you know I'm just gonna take my time I'm gonna ask the right questions I'm gonna observe I'm gonna get to know the players really really well and, and with, with any sporting team when you're trying to have some form of impact or influence you've you've just got to get and take your time to understand the players and get to know them and understand where they're coming from so um, it wasn't difficult at all, but I gave myself six months to, to really get to know the system and the, and the players, um, and then I st- could start drip feeding how I wanted to operate and, and implementing my methods. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't hard at all. There's been a lot of chat about um, Virat Kohli over the last couple of weeks stepping down from the captaincy mm-hmm. um, across all formats. Basically, um, you've spent a lot of time with him, particularly in the gym, and I, I'd love to know a little bit more of the stuff that we don't see around Kohli and his work ethic, and, and the stuff you have seen mm-hmm. and the pressures that's on him um, externally as well. Yeah, I remember having a good conversation with him over the last you know six months before I I stood down. Um, you know, being the Indian captain, it takes a, a huge toll. People don't see a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Um, and then I think the main thing for the reason he, he stood down, I think, was that he just wanted to have that extra freedom and just concentrating on his batting. Mm. Um, but what people don't see is, I mean, I, what I call a 24-7 athlete. That guy is on every single time. Um, he's looking. He's at a stage in his career where he wants to play until he's 39, 40 years old. And he, he knows that he has to prepare 
physically, mentally, um, from a skill point of view, 100% uh, of the time. And he's always looking for that new thing to get that extra edge. You know, he's obviously very fit, um, very capable in the gym and, and running and very quick. Um, and he's and he's always looking after his recovery and his nutrition as well. So he, he's he's the full package in my mind. Um, and from a from a mindset perspective, he is is next level. He he um, is ruthless in his preparation, um, and he's and he's also a, a balanced athlete. He understands that the role that he plays in the in the wider scheme of the BCCI. So he's an incredible man, um, a great man to talk to. I'm sure you've had a chance to talk to him um, during the IPL match, but um, yeah, he, um, he he is up there with how he prepares. Nick, I often think that trainers become psychologists um, in, in these kind of teams, particularly in <laughs> cricket, and that reaction kind of just sums it up. You, you have to, you're almost doing therapy sessions while you are training them. I just want to touch on, like, um, you know, has he ever, has Virat Kohli ever kind of said to you what challenges he's been through and, and how he's developed that mental resilience, which has obviously led him into being able to be top of his game more often than not? Yeah, like, I'll go back to what you first said. I mean, us as strength and conditioning coaches and, and trainers, we spend the most time with the players. Um, you know, we, we're at skill sessions, we're in the gym, we're at pool sessions, we're at recovery, we're helping them um, do all their nutritional plans. You know, so it's, it's, it's no, no fault of our own that we, we get to know the players the most. We spend the most time with them. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, he. Yeah, I just lost my train of thought. So, yeah, he, uh, he he's an incredible man, and I'm not surprised that he has um, stood down from the from the the captaincy. He his resilience is all about his. He wants to take all the fluff out of his preparation. You know, obviously he's a big man in India. Um, he's huge on social media. He's got a lot of interviews. He's got a lot of pressure. So for him. To be able to be mentally resilient, he takes a lot of fluff out of his, out of his preparation and out of his life. Um, so he just concentrates on cricket. When he's on tour, he's cricket and his preparation, and, and that's it. He's got a team behind behind his own team um, that do all the marketing and you know, self-promotion that he, he needs to do. But um, yeah, like I said, he takes a lot, of the, um, a lot of the fluff out of his preparation and his daily life. All right, Nick. Mitch wants all the gravy on Coley. I'm not too sure why. Uh, I, I'm, man, I'm more interested in you. Like, this is a fascinating story of a Kiwi achieving at a very high level, man. Like, what what was the lifestyle like over there? I mean, did you have friends? I mean, obviously you you got mates within the side, but you're probably in bubbles a lot of the time, or you you're with the players. The the actual downtime, did you get any? And what was the lifestyle like? Well, it was a bit different because pre-COVID, I started in September. Uh, 2019, and it was pre-COVID freedom. Um, I started with a, a Indian summer for six months over there. Um, it was incredible. You know, the fans are amazing. They're, you know, just next level. Um, the lifestyle was brilliant. Obviously, you're staying in, ho- in very nice hotels. Um, but then, obviously, COVID hit, and things just drastically changed. You know, obviously, you're still staying in the, the outmarket hotels and that, but you, you do generate some some good friendships within the team, um, but the the lifestyle obviously within the bubbles definitely changed a lot during the pandemic. Um, a lot of challenges that we had to face, and we had to be adaptable in, in terms of how we prepared. Um, you know, obviously people what people see from the outside is, oh, these guys are you know staying in the in nice hotels, but if you're locked in those walls um, for uh, an extended period, you know you go a bit bonkers. So. 
Um, look, we, we all relied on ourselves to make sure that we were all okay um, and that we were getting that time and freedom to ourselves and having that social interaction as well. And when we, whenever we could get outside during the pandemic, we would. Um, yeah, and giving ourselves space as well. So, But the lifestyle was incredible. Um, you know, um, unbelievable players, incredible experience. I've, I've learned a lot personally and professionally, um, as you do when you go into a different environment, a different culture, mm. a different language. Um, but yeah, an incredible experience that I think will um, influence how I operate as a practitioner and a coach and a, and a professional for years to come. So let's tap into that, Nick. Uh, we've got an opportunity where we've got a lot of listeners who may have kids or they're cricketers or athletes themselves. Um, what did you implement to increase, now cricket's about a power game, what did you increase uh, for power for batsmen and then uh, speed for bowlers? Jeez, oh, Mitch, do you want about an hour? <laughs> I think he does. I think, uh, I think, he's, I think he's eyeing up to. a comeback. Um, next, so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh look, are they getting too detailed? I think the main thing for people that want to increase their speed and, and their batting power, and that you just got to understand that we're well, going to work out what sort of player you want to be, um, and and how you want to express yourself on the field. Um, and do you, do you want to play you know, all formats, or do you want to play one format? And like Mitch, you just want to play one format. You just want to go with glory and be explosive. <laughs> uh, Good, Ruben. Um, he, uh, yeah, and you just got to understand, you're going to have that overarching strategy, how you want to play, okay? And that's and that's what you base your program off. And then you, you really need professional help. Guys like myself, strength and conditioning coaches, fitness trainers, Firstly, if you're young, can you just got to get into the gym and learn how to move properly, work, move safely, um, and learn to, to get under the bar, so to speak. You know, learn how to get strong and how to express that strength with your body. Um, and I guess um, understand, you know, the potential pitfalls of playing cricket at higher levels, or as you progress through the grades, you're going to be. I mean, cricket is such an unnatural sport, especially bowling. It's probably the most unnatural thing the body could ever do. Um, so you've got to be able to be strong enough and tolerant enough to be able to play the game. And you are going to be exposed to a, a higher injury risk. Um, so it's not just about you know getting strong and putting performances on the park, but about, about being healthy and reducing your risk of injuries while you're playing sports so you can play the sport that you love for as long as you can. Um, that's the main, I guess, the the tips that I would give to a young you know, buddy and cricketers, just get into a plan, um, hire a professional and, um, you know, and just keep enjoying the sport and keep enjoying the process because it is a process and it's an ongoing process even for the guys at the top um, and, and just enjoy what you love. Nick, you've painted a, a very different picture of a professional cricketer than what I've learned from Baz. Um, there's obviously a, a lot of fun involved with being a cricketer, but th- these guys are high-level athletes, especially these days, right? I mean, how long have you been involved? And have you seen the ev- evolution of um, what a cricket professional looks like change, especially in the last decade? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I started, you know, with New Zealand cricket around 2011. You know, New Zealand, Australia, England, they, they're far more advanced and more mature from our strength and conditioning and how they we prepare um, compared to some of the, the Asian countries, you know, purely because they've had the facilities and the infrastructure and the people. Um, and it was quite interesting going over to India where they come from an ecosystem where it's highly skill dominant 
um, they, you know, they're, they're playing, like we obviously play backyard cricket, but they, they play gully cricket and they're very skill dominant. So the guy that I took over from the BCCI, um, Shankar Basu, he, um, he set an excellent foundation. So they only really started, you know, how really delving into how they prepare physically from a strength conditioning point of view, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's when Vera Coley's fitness culture took off as well. Um, so yeah, it's how the, the game is getting tougher. It's getting longer. There's more longer. There's longer series. It's higher intensity, um, and especially the BCCI boys, they're playing 30% more cricket than anyone else. Um, and guys like Kane and the guys that play IPL, they're, they're 12 months of the year basically. So they have they've almost had to change the way they prepare from a physical point of view because they have to last the entire year, year on year out. Mm. Um, and and the national boards are getting smarter as well in how they rotate. Um, players as well. You'll see that the Black Caps did it leading up into the T20 World Cup. They rotated players, had different squads, same with India last year. Um, we were in England and we sent a, an ODI and a white ball campaign to Sri Lanka as well. So there are, yeah, you have to prepare differently, you have to adapt and you have to prepare for the demands of cricket that's just getting harder and more intense. Nice. Webby, I have to ask you, uh, being a left arm spinner from way back, uh, how many wickets and who was the prize wicket you took in the nets? Oh, well, I was actually a right arm. Oh, right arm. Uh, Sorry, I, I thought really, you were listening. Mate, not everyone's left arm. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. I always remember you telling me that I was chucking the ball, and I probably did chuck the ball, but I do remember... Reminding you, know, you early age doors. <laughs> a, a, a age group Auckland cricket that I did get you out of, get you out a few times. Um, but yeah, Marty Guptill, <laughs> we grew up with Martin Guptill, um, and obviously yourself and AJ Patel and all those boys as well. So it was always good getting Marty out because we had a little bit of a rivalry. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> love it, love it. There's a few of you boys. I always, I also remember, I mean, you were a little donkey thrower back in the day, and then all of a sudden we didn't see you for a year, and then you put on some gas. So I don't know what you did there, <laughs> um, what you were eating. Ruff and Adele, mate, Ruff and Adele. <laughs> 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 oh, mate. Hey, um, you, you're back here. What, what are you doing now? Have you got a site? Um, you're obviously top of the game in terms of cricket, fitness, conditioning, sports, fitness and conditioning. You should have a fitness and conditioning radio show, mate. Nick can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. have, have you got a website that we can send people to or or what are you doing now, uh, mate? No, not, not really. I mean, the the main reason why I, I gave up BCCI was to, you know, I was spending six to eight months on, on, on the road and I couldn't get home from COVID. Um, but so, I mean, I came here back home just to spend time with my family. I'm really enjoying the long summer. I'm living up here in the Bay of Islands at the moment. We've got all the water sports going out on the boat and things like that. So I'm just really enjoying a long summer that I haven't had for quite a few years now. Um, I'm doing some advisory work um, with a company over in the UK and I've started a partnership with a, a company over in um, Western Europe but heading into India. Um, called Incubate Media and Cricktips. So we're doing some educational videos um, through YouTube and, and, and kind of marketing that through algorithms and, and YouTube um, throughout India. Cricktips. Um, you can check that out on, on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. But I've joined the Northern Districts Cricket Association board Ooh. that happened in November. Nice. Um, so I'm quite interested to get into the governance side of things. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a master's in business administration as well. At the moment, which is keeping me very busy, um, 
Yeah, and I guess from a from a strength and conditioning fitness perspective, I'm just taking my time to to sort out my next opportunities. A few conversations going on at the moment, but nothing nothing solid at the moment. Nothing, no contract in front of me. But I'm taking my time. I'm not in any rush. So I'm just enjoying my time with the family and and, and pottering around. Nice. Um, got a few other. The next David White, love it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first on SENZ Breakfast. Oh, I don't know. It might be a chance for like some water skiing or some sort of <laughs> X Games medal. <laughs> Sounding like loving the water sports off in the Bay of Islands. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us, Nick. I mean, I, look, I've found this fa- fascinating for a couple of different aspects, and you're getting that insight as to what the the Indian powerhouses like the BCCI, and then also, you know, how much thinking goes into actually having a plan before you want to um, actually change your body or try and become more powerful or faster. It's really yeah. insightful stuff. So we'll catch up again down the track, I'm sure, but thanks for today. No problem, boys. And thanks for your time and um, enjoy the rest of your show. Absolutely. Cheers, Webby. Razine Colour Shops, your paint, stain, colour and decorating experts. Razine, look after our cricket. Interview 8am every Wednesday here at SCNZ Breakfast. Mitch, that was cool. Yeah, I, I think the touch on thing um, he talked on, get an expert, because there are different phases of your training program. You just go into the gym. Um, sometimes it can be detrimental. Um, you'll work the wrong muscles. Um, you know, you'll go for the look, the aesthetically pleasing look, um, and you could actually set yourself back a few years. So, like, get an expert like Webby. Um, sounds like he's going to be giving away some free free tips on that Crick Tip YouTube channel as well. So, um, get in there. Um, use his experience. Sounds like he's giving away for free. Obviously, the BCCI paid pretty well. <laughs> wow, mate. Still still holidaying up in the, in the Bay of Islands on sounds the 26th great, of January. It? What a life. <sighs> One day. 23 minutes past 8 o'clock. There's a couple of good texts here to get through, as well as Paul Mawadi, the party up after this SCNZ here with Chemist Brewery House. Great savings every day. All right, time for a live TAB update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. R18, of course. Yesterday, uh, I took full advantage, Paulie Mawadi, of your tennis promo. I thought that Shapovalov was going to run Rafa close, and he did. At about 350, I got him, and uh, so that $50 is back in my account. That's how that promo works, isn't it? That's the old... Um, we're talking about the... Uh, take a head-to-head bet pre-match, yep. Yep. and if your player loses in the deciding set, get your money back up to $50 as a bonus bet, the tennis bonus back promotion. Perfect. Loved it. Fantastic. Yeah, and the the other one went five sets as well. Yes, um, you're right. Berrettini Monfils. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of uh, great sets. Tell you, a, a tennis match that doesn't typically go the deciding set at the moment is anything Cash Barty's playing in, right? <laughs> Boy, does she look good, crikey! And uh, I guess it's well, it's Australia Day today, so um, is it? I, I guess it was it was Australia Day yesterday. Oh, they're gonna be even more feral. <laughs> it's Australia Day today. They okay, so they have what they have their uh, their music countdown. They all just park up with eskies full full of Carlton Draft and VB and Four X, depending the state they're in, and just get stuck in. That's exactly how it's gonna be. Oh, and then they'll roll into the, the Kia Arena and get even louder. Oh, well, good on them. Hey, um, Paul, I'm looking at a couple of races today at Matter Matter. Are there any promos or any anything I can uh, get? myself into there? Yeah, we've got a bonus back promotion on the first two races at uh, Maramara today. Uh, race one, I can tell you, there's only one they want. Madam Moet. Uh, <laughs> I 
Unbelievable. I can tell you, over 65% of the fixed odds turnover mm-hmm. on race one is on Madame Moet. Uh, so, yeah, um, you can take from that what you want, but we've got the Jamie Richards, Opie Bosson combination there, uh, backed in from 550 to 360. Um, and the money uh, continues to come now. So there's only one they really, really want in race one. Number 10, Madame Moet. And race two, I can let you know, they're also looking towards the uh, top of the market. Um, and it's that same combination again. Opie Boss and Jamie Richards. Number three, Fierce Flight uh, has seen uh, the most amount of action, uh, fixed odds-wise anyway. Uh, in race two at Matter Matter. So, yeah, race one and two at Matter Matter are bonus back races. And because it's Australia Day, uh, we're going to do races one and two uh, from Caulfield and races one and two from Warwick Farm. Oh, that is outstanding. And because it's Australia Day, the fields will be good as well. I haven't even thought about that. Good on you, Paul Mighty. I always knew you had a bit of Aussie in you. True blue, all that. <laughs> 29 minutes away from 9 o'clock. TAV.co.nz promotions in play. Thousands of markets to choose from. R18, of course, go get stuck in. Mitch, there's some great texts here we're being laid into on double eight, double three. Going to get that after Trudy's News with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. CNZ, we are 26 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Mitch, it's been a good morning. We've been talking about two things in particular that we've got some texts here on. Nick Kyrgios and Kokonar, because you called them wounders. <laughs> and I got a little... I'm, I'm starting to redline on them. I'm starting to hit peak special K, and it's becoming a little bit punishing. And we've had this text here from Dean, if you want to get into that. Yep, Dean. Guys, get over it. Uh, Australians uh, know how to support. Kiwis have no idea. When the All Blacks are losing, you can hear a pin drop. That's hardly support. Hey, look, Dean, I I must say I've got to agree with you on that. We'll touch on that at the end of that. Um, At least Australians have sports. uh, Sport with crowds. We are cancelling sport. Living with COVID is a joke. Um, It's all about Auckland. I'm assuming you're saying around the test matches and all that kind of stuff. Or, or you're saying that Auckland are doing a great job for the country, taking the bullet in every past <laughs> lockdown that yeah. we had? Maybe, maybe that's what you're trying to say. Um, have a, he's going to have a great day. Looking forward to sitting outside the Oval down at Canterbury. Yeah, that's what we wanted to know. Like, are, are people going to be able to go and socially distance inside the ground at Uni Oval? We should, we, well, that's one of the questions we had for Peter Fulton. But it must be a hundred people, which is a shame. They should be able to split it up. I'd say they'll be able to get. I'm not sure how uh, Uni Oval's not big I don't know the sort of facilities they exactly have but they'll be You're able to get stretch a day like they'll, sections 100 in a section maybe a thousand people if they're lucky maybe maybe, maybe it is a hundred yeah, it would be a shame but Dean um, I have to say yeah I lost you a little bit with the Auckland stuff um, but uh, with the with the stuff around our crowds, yeah, you're right. They do know how to support um, over there. Definitely, definitely. They get behind it. Even their commentators as well get in behind um, country, their their fellow compatriots. So, yeah, it's one thing I would love to see New Zealanders do a bit more, learn how to be better fans and, and understand how important it is as a fan base if your side is losing to get in behind them. Um, 
So I think that's a big switch we could do as supporters in New Zealand. Yep. No, I, I'd agree with that. And the other thing we've been talking about, Mitch, is um, cricketers and getting international experienced cricketers into New Zealand. There's a couple mm. of texts here. One from Lyndon. Someone like Ben Duckett from the Heat, uh, Afghanistan, the Afghanistan spinner, definitely would be so good if we could have a few players in the big bash, big grounds, different wickets. We hardly play an Aussie and struggle when we do because of lack of exposure there. Lyndon, you've obviously been listening to the SCNZ Summer Breakfast because you're singing from the Metaverse Mitch's song sheet. So... Yeah, well done, mate. And I think New Zealand cricket should implement change laws, laws, I guess. And that would benefit greatly New Zealand. Yeah, okay. Not too sure what you're on about there, Jason, but uh, I still appreciate you sending your message. Implement some changes, I think that's what you're trying to say. Get some people in the country that would be able to help on that level. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that must be it, eh? Yeah, makes, yeah. makes sense. Hey, um, before we shoot off and talk some boxing, pugilism, I've actually just had a scan of the Caulfield card today. Man, there's a good race meet on at Caulfield today. There's actually the, the Group 3 Blue Diamond preview where the two-year-olds go around, and you usually get some really, really nice two-year-olds in this race. That's race two. And in race six, the John Dillon stakes for just a cheeky $174,000 over the 1400 There's a couple of Kiwi connections in here. Crosshaven, owned by Daniel Narclay and uh, his pals, has been running some pretty poor races this prep, considering it was a real promising galloper only about six months a year ago, and it still is. Actually, last start, fourth, and was really good, and it's a tougher field than this. Barrier nine, so a little bit sticky. It's a genuine each-way chance. And then down the bottom of the book, we've got Excelsior, with the Hayes team, ridden by Michael D, a Kiwi, and this horse is in the Cambridge stud colours. This mare exceeding a sale owned by Brendan and Joe Lindsay from Barrier 1. Again, $8, $2.20, another each-way chance. So there are Kiwi connections at Caulfield today. Up after this, though, we're going to talk boxing, and we'll find a Kiwi connection here because this scheme and, well, I guess setting that the heavyweight division finds itself in directly impacts what Joseph Parker will be doing next and who he will be fighting. Anthony Joshua, is he going to be asked to step aside? We'll find out after this and work out where the heavyweights are going. Uh, Mitch, we're hoping to catch up with, uh, with a boxing expert out of the UK soon to chat some heavyweight division stuff because, look, there's plenty going on at the moment. I'll give you my basic understanding of what's happening in the heavyweight division and if we get through, excellent, um, which we potentially look like we might have what I understand here is there's a potential that Anthony Joshua might step aside from his rematch with Usic where he lost his belts for a fight with Fury and Usic, which essentially would make a undisputed heavyweight champion of the world because all of the belts would be on offer. It would be pretty much the biggest fight as far as a belt perspective since when, I guess, Fury nicked them off Klitschko, and even then, I'm not sure. I'm sure we'll, we'll work that out throughout the morning. I'm not, I'm not an expert in this stuff. But the, the interesting thing is, Joshua's fee to step aside here is $30 million in New Zealand. Yeah, £15 million. Pounds. Uh, which is which win-win for Joshua. Doesn't even have to put his body on the line. Uh, might even be able to negotiate having a crack at all of, all of the belts. You know, if they do get united, so it might be tactically a great opportunity for the next person, him to line himself as that next fight 
um, if that fight, that fight goes ahead. So Yeah, as always, the kind of repercussions and the myriad of different ways that this can play out is so interesting when it comes to the heavyweight division, the politics involved, um, who does what and who says to do what. It's very interesting. It certainly interests me. Right now we're going to cross over to Chris Walker, who works for DAZONE, and he's right in the zone when it comes to this stuff. It's a pleasure to catch up with you in the evening. Your time, Chris. How are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. Appreciate you having me on. How's things over there? Everything okay? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going, good, mate. We're good. going well down here, man. We're, we're doing our best anyway. Hey, talk to us. Give us the lay of the land here. Why is it kind of D-Day? What is it tomorrow for the heavyweight division? And what is all this drama about who fights who revolving around? Yeah, I think from what I'm led to believe, I think today could be D-Day. Um, I think Tyson Fury and Alexander Yusuf are pretty much working hard behind the scenes to try and do a deal um, to get that undisputed fight. Um, Whether that takes place is anyone's guess. That There's plenty of other things moving in the background. The Dillian White situation with the WBC, anti-Joshua step aside money. So I think if Fury and Yusuf can't get a deal done today, then I think we will go to Pierce Bits tomorrow and hopefully things do become clearer, but I still wouldn't be so sure about that. Chris, um, I'm, I don't know too much about this, but that fifteen million pound step aside fee—if if Joshua was to take that—does that come out of the purse uh, for the fight, or is it paid by someone else? See, see that's the situation. And as it stands, I don't know where that money is going to come from. Um, Joshua is the biggest name in the heavyweight division by quite a distance, um, along with Canelo Alvarez. He's probably the face of boxing. Um, despite his most recent results, he's still a massive draw. Now, if that fight was to take place in somewhere like Saudi Arabia, where someone is going to put up a lot of money to stage Fury and Yusuf, there might be 15 million left aside to hand for Anthony Joshua, but that, that's just speculation at the moment. It, it's not clear where that fight's going to take place. Um, so until everything becomes clear between Fury and Yusuf, whether that money's there to even pay Anthony Joshua, um, whether Joshua even wants that money. Um, He'd he done an interview on IFL TV yesterday um, saying he's seen no contract, he's signed no contract. It just seems to be media talk at the moment, that $15 million, whether it's true or not. Um, that, that's another thing. But if the money was going to be there to pay Joshua, it's going to have to come from someone who, who's prepared to put in a lot of money to stage a Fury and Yusuf fight. Chris, you make the point that Anthony Joshua is still a huge draw card and still very much the face of boxing, especially in your part of the world. What, what does that mean for what the fans or boxing enthusiasts want? Do they want an undisputed heavyweight champion or do they want a fight that involves Joshua? I think over in the UK, I think I think Fury and Joshua is massive. It's been spoken about for a very long time. Um, I, I think maybe in America, Eastern Europe, um, they, they probably do want the undisputed champion, the four belts. It's never been done in the heavyweight division before. They've had undisputed champions before, before the WBO title came to prominence. But the four belt era, um, I, I think the the American public, certainly Eastern European, Ukraine, where Yusuf's from, um, I think they'd want to see their man become a, a four belt champion. But in the UK, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, in terms of box office, money, pay-per-view, stadium, it doesn't get much bigger. Fighting styles? I mean, you watch a lot of this stuff. Is Joshua, sorry, is Fury Usic a, a attractive fight? 
I mean, it, would it would it be weird? I'm trying to imagine it in my head. But you know a lot more about the stuff than I do. Does it match up? Yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, I, I think it's 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 more a purist fight than a a, a barroom brawl. The, the the stuff that gets casuals watching. But uh, if you look at Fury's free fights with Deontay Wilder, the excitement they provided, I, I don't think anyone expected that going in. I think. I think if you look at Fury in the last two the last two fights against Wilder, he was a lot more aggressive. He took the fight to Wilder, um, and I think he tried to impose himself on on Yusuf in a similar way. There might come a time in the fight where Yusuf doesn't feel he can really do much against um, Fury's size, and he might have to stand and fight, and it might deliver that big fight. Um, it, boxing's one of them things, something that looks like on paper like it's going to be a chess match or a stylish matchup can easily just like transform into a, a, a big brawl out of nowhere. I, I think the last couple of fights of Tyson Fury's have been very entertaining. Um, so it, it could be it could be a fight that catches fire, but I, I do think the, the two of them are thinking fighters. They'll have each other's respect, so we probably will. That's a chance we will do see a boxing match in that one. Hmm. Chris, um, in the past when there's been these kind of um, step-aside fees, um, does the uh, the fighter often, when they step aside, negotiate to fight um, the winner of the bout um, that they've stepped aside from? Does that, has that ever happened in the past? Yeah, it, it's, there's been examples in the past. Um, famously, the most famous, probably Lennox Lewis in the 90s. Um, he took step aside money to allow Mike Tyson um, to go into another fight, but um, the, the fight with Tyson didn't happen until six years later. So everything... Everything can happen in boxing. Um, it, it, <laughs> yes. I, I, I am of the no. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that if Joshua is to take step aside money, then he would want fair shot at Fury and uh, or Yusuf, whoever's victorious in that fight. But who knows what could happen? I have a fighter could suffer a big injury, a, a big massive cut that keeps them out of the ring for a long time. So. It, it, what appears black and white at the moment, it, it, it might not be like that once that fight's out the way. So I, th- I think Joshua has got a, a big decision to make. Like I said, it, if he is going to get step aside money, he's going to be compensated well. But then once the Fury Yusuf fight's out the way, who knows what the situation looks like then? Yeah, no, nah, it's it's really interesting, Chris. This is going to be fascinating to follow through the next 24 hours and then the next week for sure. Hey, just before I let you go, do you have a uh, football team? Do you support, are you barrack for anyone? Yeah, I support Liverpool. Yeah, it would have to be. It, would, it just screamed of it. The, the accent just screamed of it. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, um, hopefully they can keep keep their charge going and maybe peg City back a bit. Appreciate your time. No worries. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day, guys. There you go, Chris Walker. <laughs> Scouts as they come, mate. Just keys, keys out the back. Oh, he's on the phone. He was saying, he would, can we get him to sing You'll Never Walk Alone? We can't get him to sing You'll Never Walk Alone, but we can confirm he is a Liverpool fan. Kiz is on fire. I'm really looking forward to um, Kiz's world tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> See what he's got in store. Oh, Joe's left himself a sitting duck as well with the dumpery or whatever. Yeah. He dumped over? <laughs> what was it? My mum texted me. She thought it was great. It's dumpery, dumpery. Dumpery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you oh. go. So that's one vote for you. It's been a lot of mum chat um, this morning as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's there is. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> away from nine o'clock. Smithy, not far away. The doy and up after nine to get you through to midday. We'll catch up with the great men soon.